Western Canadians, many of them upset with Justin Trudeau, his carbon tax and inaction on pipelines, took to the highway over the last week. The United We Roll convoy did just that. They rolled from Red Deer, Alberta to Ottawa, where they stayed for a couple of days. But the movement did come with a bit of a muddled message. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. We look at what the convoy had hoped to accomplish, how they were dealing with the fringe elements in their group, and what happens now that the trucks have started rolling home. We're at the part of the show where I usually tell you to head on over to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and hit the subscribe button. I still want you to do that. But I wanted to let you know that you can follow us on Twitter, either through the show at 10.3podcast, that's all spelled out, or me directly at BreckenridgeYEG. You can email me, dbreckenridge at postmedia.com. I'd love to hear any feedback you have or suggestions for future episodes. shut down the oil sands. We have over a hundred years supply of oil in the oil sands and for Trudeau to come up and want to shut it down is basically a slap in the face to every uh, every Albertan, BC, anywhere out in the west of Saskatchewan where uh, you know we're looking at jobs and oil and the economy. And we have to remember that oil is used for a lot more than just powering vehicles. Tyler Dawson is a reporter with the National Post. So, Tyler, the United We Roll convoy made it across the country. They made it from Red Deer, Alberta, all the way to Ottawa. What did the whole thing achieve, do you think? Well, possibly not very much. I mean, in many ways, I think you could say that this got a lot more attention than it deserves because there was only there was maybe 180, maybe up to 200 trucks that left, not all semi-trucks, some, you know, passenger vehicles and whatnot. By the end of the first day, I think there were about 70. And mm-hmm. then I'm not sure exactly how many ended up in Ottawa. So you could make the case that this got more attention than it deserved and it achieved nothing. I don't know if that's totally true. I think it it did sort of raise awareness of Western issues in a way that is pretty hard to ignore. And how much time did you spend with the group? You start, you went down to Red Deer and you started out with them in Red Deer into Saskatchewan, yeah. right? How much time was that with them? So that would, it was a, a long day. It was only one day, but it was a long day. So I was there from about seven o'clock in the morning on Thursday. And I think everything wrapped up about 10, 30, 11 in just outside of Regina that night. So, okay. you know, 14, 15 hours, something like that. You were along for the ride. You were speaking with people along the way. What were some of the concerns that you were hearing from people that you spoke with? Yeah, you know, the people I talked to were mainly concerned about pipelines. That was that was supposed to be the focus of this convoy compared to some of the earlier um, iterations of, of convoy planning in which there was all these sort of other issues like migration and the UN and things like that. So this one was supposed to be about pipelines. The folks that I talked to were mainly concerned about pipelines. Obviously, there were signs and banners protesting other things, but the folks I talked to were concerned about the carbon tax. They were concerned about pipelines. They were concerned about jobs in Alberta, the state of the economy, that sort of thing. What kind of signs were you seeing? You were talking about signs that yeah. were wanting to raise other issues. Yeah. So there was one truck specifically that got a lot of 
press and, and photos of it in the news. And it had sort of a no column of things that they didn't want and a yes column of things they did want. And among those things were no to the UN compact, yes to charging Justin Trudeau with treason. It takes all kinds of kinds, I guess. There was, there was a wide array of views that were represented there, uh, not all of them firmly sort of in the Canadian mainstream. There were there were some fringe views for sure. And the people who you were talking to that were raising concerns about pipelines or economic issues, what were they saying about the fringe views that were present as well? The folks that I talked to said basically that they, they were trying to maintain a narrow focus because they thought that the fringe views sort of ran the risk of taking over the convoy and and ran the risk of that getting all the attention and sort of overtaking the the issues that they felt were important. Um, and to some extent, I think that has actually turned out to be true because the, the media coverage of the last few days, I would say, has focused considerably on on the fringe views and and less so on you know the legitimate concerns about the economy. So, all that said, what was the ultimate goal of what they were trying to do uh well i think sort of fundamentally was uh, was to raise awareness um i mean driving across the country was never ever going to get another meter of pipeline in the ground it was not going to change the views of the first nations along the pipeline route that object to it it was not going to change the ruling by the federal court of appeal but i think the idea was that you know sort of blue collar workers are not generally known as a group of people who are protesting and rallying and marching, you know, when when students in Montreal go and have their annual riot, you kind of expect that less so for a bunch of guys that are out on the rigs every day. So in that sense, I think it was, even though it wasn't that many people, even though it was a, sort of a disparate message, even though there was lots of criticism to be leveled at them, I do think that the fact that anybody was willing to do this says something about you know, the depths of the grievances. And uh, I think there was certainly a certain level of awareness raising mm-hmm. from the convoy itself. And as well, um, a lot of people were along the pipeline, pipeline, sorry, the convoy route, um, waving and honking with banners and stuff like that. So there, you know, even though there weren't that many vehicles, uh, there are other supporters who are out there. So I think it it was an awareness raising effort more than anything in the end. Do you think that the the movement in general has kind of, faded like it saw you saw a peak late 2018 as you'd get these fairly large protest rallies in places like calgary when the prime minister was in town and rallies across alberta um, that saw lots of people show up that there seemed to be this big groundswell of frustration with federal policy around oil and you know there were some fringe uh, types who would uh, show up with signs that showed the prime minister being hung for hang for treason but overall it seems that some of that has kind of faded away and especially when you talk about a convoy where it started out with only about 200 trucks and then you know 70 to 80 or however many do you think that they kind of missed peak anger or peak frustration with the movement yeah i think there's something to that i mean there's a couple factors at play i think i mean the first is that traditionally this is a pretty busy time of year for drilling so they're they're not that there's a ton of sort of exploration drilling going on right now, but, you know, there is the possibility that people were busy with work and weren't able to take a week off to drive across the country. The weather sucks. People might not wanted to have drive, driven across the country. 
It's also after Christmas and families are sort of generally tightening belts this time of year and might mm-hmm. not have wanted to spend the money on gas. So I think there's some logistical reasons why it didn't, um, why it wasn't as big as, as it could have been. But yeah, I mean, you, you saw in the, the weeks sort of throughout December coming into the new, you saw a lot of action from the province in terms of trying to help this sort of thing. You know, you would, you'd rail announcements. Um, you had a curtailment on production of oil. You saw a rebound in oil prices that had, you know, scared everyone quite a bit. And I guess that would have been late November, maybe. So I, I think there's something to that, that there was this anger. And then sort of as much as could have been done was done in the, in the late parts of last year. I don't know how much that has truly eliminated the frustration, but I think maybe it took the edge off it a little bit. And you also saw some splintering within the movement, right? There were differing groups. There was the Yellow Vest movement. There was the Canada Action Group, which was more focused solely on oil issues. And then there were supposed to be two convoys. One of them got uh, called off. And now apparently there's even there were even divisions within the group who did the convoy, despite the name United We Roll. I think there were some people who weren't happy with a lack of talk on certain issues. Where are these divisions coming from? Yeah, it's it's actually been a bit complicated to follow. It's been a nightmare. Um there was so the origin there were two original ones way back when this would have been early December, mid-December sometime I think. Um you had a Yellow Vest convoy, you had uh the Canada Action convoy. The Yellow Vest people proposed joining forces with Canada Action. They said no. Um we don't want to be associated with extremists. But then the um Canada Action convoy failed or shut down or, or whatever then the yellow vest convoy split in two um one headed sort of by a guy named cj clayton from vancouver and the other by glenn carrot who ultimately was the united we roll organizer and then the whole thing kind of got handed over to glenn um very much at the last minute he pulled the, the most of it together in only a couple weeks and so there are these divisions certainly in terms of politics i think that's probably the big one i mean everyone everyone is sort of you know united on the idea that pipelines are important and we need pipelines and uh the carbon tax is bad so in in terms of those two issues there's a fair bit of coherence the the division is mainly whether or not there is space to discuss things like immigration i would say certainly that's the most controversial of the bunch um Mm -hmm. and the yellow vest movement sort of owes its a lot of its original strength to fears over the un migration compact so that has been a pretty significant thread sort of running through all of this yeah and i mean it hasn't done a lot of good for the perception of the group if you were looking at social media and some media coverage of the convoy uh and even once it reached ottawa some of the people that had kind of latched onto it you couldn't go very far without hearing someone claim that the whole movement is full of white nationalists how does how did glenn carrot handle that criticism um and what about some of the other people you spoke with yeah so glenn the whole time he'd been doing the organizing of this thing was he tried to be really clear that we don't want radicals we don't want you know people who are joking about executing the prime minister we don't want these people in the movement they are distracting from from our goals and that's sort of what the people that i spoke with said as well now i think part of this as well which is sort of a little bit different than the question you asked is that there is 
I think between Alberta and Saskatchewan and Manitoba and and the rest of the country, maybe a slightly different um, scale, so to speak, on discussing these things. So when you have something like the UN Migration Compact, when you have something like illegal immigration, um, the way that is spoken about, I think, in downtown Toronto or Ottawa is considerably different than it is um, in the prairies uh, where there is, for whatever reason, the, the available range of discourse is a little bit broader which isn't necessarily a good thing mind you but i think there is within the convoy there is the sense that this is an issue that is distracting from the the core issue of pipelines but not really the sense that there is a problem with having this other discussion why do you think that organizers just didn't want to touch that at all and you know why why do you think that they let that be part of what they were communicating at all. If the bigger issue is pipelines, why not just make that the only issue they want to talk about? I think it was less that they allowed it and more that you probably couldn't have stopped it. I mean, when people were showing up with their their trucks adorned with decals and signs and stuff like that, I don't know if the organizers could have walked over and said, oh, you need to pull that down. You need to black out that part. That's That's not what this is. That's not appropriate. I just don't think you could have done that sort of organizationally and gotten away with it. Mm -hmm. Not so much gotten away with it, but, you know, you would have maybe pushed away some of the allies you want. I mean, that's the other thing that has been sort of plaguing me for the past several days is to what extent you can reconcile um, views that are held within the same group and maybe within the same person. In other words, if someone uh, is really concerned about the pipeline not being built. And if someone is also really concerned about illegal immigration and the UN migration compact, and, you know, maybe is leaning towards sort of fringe views on migration or racist views on migration, to what extent does that fully discount their concerns about pipelines as well, if at all? And I think that's sort of one of the internal tensions within the convoy and certainly something that the, you know, pundit class is struggling with a little bit because you can either dismiss them all because of these fringe lunatics or you can say some of this is legitimate some of it isn't and then but you have to reconcile that somehow and it's not straightforward in the midst of this trip the federal government was hit with something and the media was hit with something that kind of sucked all the air out of the room you had the trudeau government hit with allegations of political interference with the attorney general um so just as the convoy's coming into ottawa everyone's paying attention to something else do you think that they may have gotten more attention had everyone not been paying attention to the SNC-Lavalin affair? It's a good question. One of my colleagues at the Post actually wrote a story the other day that was sort of in classic fashion, a bunch of angry Albertans shows up in Ottawa and everyone in Ottawa is paying attention to Quebec. So there's, you know, <laughs> there's uh, there's some, you know, poetic kind of, whether that's irony or something, I don't know. I think to some extent, yes, that is the case. But on the other hand... If the convoy, in addition to pipelines and the carbon tax, was also pretty clearly a we don't like Trudeau thing. Yeah. And and the SNC stuff should have played into that um, relatively easily. But but that whole narrative ended up sort of being drowned out when someone like Faith Goldie showed up at the rally. So it's all a bit of a messaging muddle, I think. So where does it go from here? What happens now? Do they just, everyone just goes home and goes back to hating on Justin Trudeau and maybe <laughs> hating on immigrants, depending on the person? Like, yeah. what happens next? 
Possibly nothing. I mean, certainly some of these guys are political people in the sense that they will be involved with campaigns uh, for for the UCP in the upcoming Alberta election and, and uh, door knocking for folks in the federal election, whether that's for Maxime Bernier or um, for Andrew Scheer's party. Now, I think that's maybe the outstanding question a little bit in terms of the political picture overall and and where these grievances are funneled and that's where does it does it help Maxime Bernier or or is it or I mean these people aren't going to vote liberal mm-hmm. um but do you have anything of a a vote split on the right I don't foresee that being an issue in Ontario particularly or the Maritimes it may be in Alberta and Saskatchewan in some writings right now the the People's Party of Canada is polling at about two, three percent. Could he get a bump? Could Maxime Bernier, he, who he showed up at the yeah. the big rally in Ottawa, does he get a bump out of all of this, or are people either not paying attention or feel that he's a racist as well? Like, where does that all play in here politically? Yeah, I mean, I think he could get a bump out of this. I I I don't really know what Bernier's endgame is here. Um, the, the problem I think for him is that. The support he has is probably so disparate that it maybe would influence a riding or two uh, here and there. But, uh, you know, if, if this anger is channeled in any real way towards a fringe party, um, whether they, maybe that's not, that doesn't show up in the votes, but maybe that shows up in fundraising and things like that. I'm not too sure. Certainly that anger needs to go somewhere and it's, and it's whether or not Andrew Shear I think, chooses to harness it. And if he, if he chooses to harness the um, the migration fears and stuff like that that are moving towards the fringes of what you can sort of say in in Canadian politics, does he does he leave that be? Does he leave that to Maxime Bernier, or does he sort of try and do what Kelly Leach and uh, and Chris Alexander did in the last federal election and and you know court some that. of that? Yeah. yeah, and does that hurt him with mainstream voters? Yeah, I, I you know I guess we'll see. There's a lot. To, a lot of time between now and the the federal election and a, a lot of politicking to be done. Yeah, it doesn't feel that far away, but on the other hand, it really does. Yeah, Tyler, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Audio from Errol McGinn in Ottawa. Thanks to my guest, Tyler Dawson. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>